0: Hey everyone, welcome to Photoshow Live, the live version of Real Photoshow. So there's just a, a few more of these episodes left which are live and in which you can listen to them purely through audio or go over to Photoshow Live on YouTube and watch uh, the slideshows while listening to them and see the artists. This is a really wonderful conversation with Wendy, and I will link in the show notes where the slideshow starts on YouTube, but you don't have to jump away from this uh, to go look at the slides. Uh, You could go do that later and stay here and listen to the whole episode. Before we get to that, the Photo Show Live is sponsored by the Charcoal Book Club, and if you know the Charcoal Book Club, you probably know about the photo book retreat in Montana, called the Chico Review, Uh, there is still time to apply for that. Uh, The submission deadline is November 27th and there's a late submission deadline of December 4th, so check that out at charcoalbookclub.com. And on a more bittersweet note, I have what will most likely be my last announcement for the JKC Gallery in Trenton as I wrap up my tenure there. Ara Oshagan, How the World Might Be, is on the walls right now through December 2nd, and that will be my last show at the gallery for the foreseeable future. It's nothing bad, I just need a break and I need to concentrate on some other aspects of my life, including the photography program at Mercer, as well as my own photography. And of course, you all know that I am a producer for photo work with Sasha Wolf, and uh, that also uh, requires a bit of my attention. All right, so getting back to today's show, uh, I speak with the great Wendy Ewald, and we are going to talk about The Devil Is Leaving His Cave, which was just published by Mac, and also the reissue and expanded edition of Portraits and Dreams also published by Mac and as you can imagine this conversation will focus on the ideas of collaboration uh, but also how Wendy's work straddles the world of the humanities and the fine arts simultaneously. All right well thank you for listening enjoy the show and we will talk soon. Well hi everyone thank you for joining uh, I'm Michael Chovan dalton uh, the host of Photoshop Live and also the director of the JKC Gallery here in Trenton, New Jersey. And I want to welcome and thank Wendy Yuald for joining us today. Hi, Wendy.
1: Hi. How are you doing?
0: Oh, doing great. And this is a thrill. And thank you so much for uh, for joining us. We have some of your photos up here at the gallery. We'll be showing work from uh, two books today, Portraits and Dreams and The Devil is Leaving His Cave. And that'll be running while we talk about the book. and. Ah, uh, this will be released as a, a podcast episode, but then uh, the video from this uh, meeting will also be released on the YouTube channel. Uh, Wendy, I thought we'd start with just a little bit of, you know, how you got into all this, how you started in photography.
1: Well, it was a long time ago, um,
0: <laughs> and as much as it. you want to get into uh, it, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I started when I was in um, in high school, um, hmm. and I had a Terrific photography teacher, which always helps. It was actually ap- after my last year in high school that I got a grant from Polaroid to go work with young people in um, in Labrador uh, on a on a First Nations um, reserve, what they
0: call it. So reserve. That started right away. You're yep. working with young people, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so. I was also still learning how to use a four by five, which is what I shot with for most of my life, other other than a Hasselblad for a period of time. So I really started right away doing. I mean, I, I didn't expect to keep doing, obviously, what I was doing because I was like eighteen, but I was really so fascinated by the pictures that the that the kids took, and I and I realized right away that it was so different than what I was doing. And now there was a place for both things. And it took me years to sort of let those things blend together, which was fine. You know, I was learning to do what I, you know, what I was going to do. So it just, it it took time. And I, as I was going to different countries, I was doing different kinds of work based on the, the culture and um, the experience I was having with the people that I was working on. As well. So that that's kind of the the path that kind of, yeah. you know, it was experimentation at, at, but, at different times
0: in different ways. And, and you got that grant to work in, it was Nova Scotia, Labrador, right?
1: Yeah, I actually didn't get a grant. It was, I just got film and. Oh, man. okay. Because in those days, you know, you everybody volunteered.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So, but. But you must have already had an interest in what you were heading towards, right? Like where did that where did that interest come from to work oh. with younger people?
1: Well, I had a I have a brother who was um hit by a car when he was young and suffered some brain damage. So I worked as a, you know, as a young person, but you know, because he was only like five years older than me, mm.
0: um,
1: with him doing exercises to help him regain and rewire, you know, his his brain. And so that, you know, that that really also interested me. And so those were things that I I had in my my mind that you could actually use images to help people sort of re- reconnect. And then that got more, you know, complicated as I as I worked.
0: Yeah, um, we'll we'll talk more about the way you you work with children, with students, with young people, and how that there's this whole that kind of psychology surrounding the way you work with uh, yeah. people. But but you know, getting back to sort of this this very early work, you you were starting in high school, you said, right? You're yeah. interested in photography, and w- one of the one of the questions that, I was actually going to wait till the end, but maybe this is a question that that would be good now is. It takes a certain kind of humility to set your own work aside, so to speak, right? And to then, you know, sort of devote your life to other people's work.
1: Well, I actually don't see it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, yes, maybe there is a a certain maybe humility, but I, I found it fascinating and I wanted to figure out how to make different pictures you know, I was kind of bored by you know, at a certain point i was I was bored by you know, documentary photography as I'd seen it, you know, I mean, I was working with a four by five, so that was like you know, pretty different. And I wanted to um you know make pictures that that were more revealing of of you know the people I was working with than mm. than what I had seen. So it was really a drive to to do something that excited me so in a way you know i didn't see it as other people's work (laughs) i saw this we were doing this stuff together that that is very
0: true uh your life's work is a collaboration yes
1: yeah and also to make you know i i had understood that some of the pictures that i was seeing although i you know i loved photography Mm -hmm. and you know i you know loved the work of a lot of photographers but but after a while, you know, I had seen that. Right. I wanted something else.
0: Who, who were some of your then inspirations early on? You said you had a good teacher. And...
1: Well, I think two of the people were my teacher, Wendy Snyder McNeil, who's no longer alive, but she was a fantastic photographer. And, um, and where was that? In, um, it was in Massachusetts. Oh, okay. And then Emmett Gowan really influenced me. So it was less. It was less documentary people than sort of taking these more emotional, direct photographers and combining them with the idea of documentary. Because I never really. I mean, I I love Louis
0: Hine, for example. That tracks. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. So I. I mean. Knowing Emmett Gowan's work and Lewis Hine's work, boy, I can see it. I can see the the lineage in the, in the the work, and and the way you put together books and tell stories.
1: Yeah, and also the way that that they use the use the camera. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you know that the the large format camera and uh, you know the feeling of the the light and you know I was really right um, interested in that and and the playfulness of Gowen's.
0: We... Just to uh, um, let people know, in case they don't know, you you were awarded a MacArthur Fellowship and a Guggenheim Fellowship, and many other awards along the way, uh, and, and a national, NEA for humanities and an NEA for arts, and I think that all those awards there's something very similar to your work in the awards you're receiving. Meaning, I mean, there's a track, right? I mean, there's a reason why you, you, you received the NEA both for the humanities and the arts, right? Mm. Right. There's a, there's, a, there's a sociological element to your work uh, as well as an, an arts element to your work where, right. where you were when you started out and where you are now, do you, do you have this appreciation for the fact that you've, you've added to the dialogue in both worlds?
1: Well, I'm 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 happy that you know that that I you know that people have understood it that way. I I guess you know when I started out, it was really about being a photographer, and then figuring out how to shoehorn everything else into it. But it's it, it was also frustrating because people couldn't figure out where yeah. I fit, and I think that that was one thing that was that really the MacArthur really sort of made that a little more understandable, I think, for people that uh, I wasn't just a teacher. There's nothing about being just a teacher because a teacher is a wonderful thing, but I wanted to do it in a bit of a different way. And also I wanted to, let's see, how can I say this? <laughs> I wanted to really respect this, the the people I was working with. And you know, the idea that it was social work did not really make me too happy because um you know these these people i was working with were were incredible and you know whether they're children or whether they were you know grown-ups or stall owners or whatever so i wanted to them to be respected as image makers as as much as i was and also thinkers and 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 i was thinking with them about how to you know how to frame things and i mean i don't mean looking through the camera but ideas. And, you know, sometimes that was very difficult for me because I, I didn't understand what was, you know, what they were seeing. And I get, it was my job to try and figure out as much as I could, what they were seeing and help them to, you know, move forward with what they were seeing um, and give them the the tools. And, you know, whether they, I mean, when we were working with large format Polaroid, you know, they were able to make um, pictures that you know, that were incredibly sharp and huge and, you know, all that's that. Right. <laughs> so, so that was great, you know, that that they didn't have a a lesser, lesser toolbox than I I did is what I wanted to happen. I mean, that's pretty. But I think they became very expert at using the camera and, and the kids that I worked with in Mexico, they didn't want to take the cameras home because they were shooting at home. They weren't shooting with me. I mean, although we did shoot together and then then they went home, but right. they wanted didn't want to get to that point of going home with the camera until they knew exactly how to use it. And it was pretty difficult. I mean, they they had to to um, uh, measure the distance between themselves and the subject because mm-hmm. it was only a, a dial of, you know, feet or meters that they had to set. You couldn't see it. And, you know, so I had to figure out how to teach them how to how to measure that distance without any
0: that's you know, right
1: difficulty so there was all this stuff that that and, and it was fun it was just it it was fun and it was challenging and um, then they had to you know once they shot the film because it was positive negative they had to peel it apart and put the negative and sodium sulfite and carry that around.
0: Did they have the little Polaroid buckets? Yeah. <laughs> the Polaroid pails. Yeah. Yep.
1: Well, until we I think maybe we ended up using ice cream buckets. <laughs> because because we didn't we couldn't afford them. Right. So we we went and we got all this, you know, these plastic things of ice cream and dumped out all the ice cream or they ate a lot of it. And
0: then, <laughs> well let's let's talk about that structure a little bit more before we, we start looking at the books. These are classes, in, in a sense, that you're teaching, whether you were invited to teach or you set these up. How, how are they set up? How are students selected?
1: Well, in what we're going to look at, which is Kentucky and um, Mexico, in, in Kentucky, I worked in a, in a small school, small rural school, uh, and I worked with all of the kids in the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grades. And they had like 15 kids in each grade. So that was perfect. And that worked really well. So I worked with them for four or five years because I was there, you know, that long and they could all be part of it. Um,
0: okay. And and just quickly, um, and we'll come back to this idea, yeah. You, the books are also collaborations, not just with your students, but with writers and critics or poets. Yeah. Or, yeah. And are, are any of those people present at this moment or does that come later when you're putting the book together?
1: Well, that's a good idea. Good thought. I think some of them, like I tried to do that a lot in Kentucky. So I actually this is a little bit different. So I actually had to I had a book designer, Katie Holmes, which who is sure. terrific. <laughs> and we've been friends, <laughs> close friends ever since then to design the the book. But I, but she also came and did a workshop with the kids on book design and, oh, wow. and making their own books and sewing them and all that. And then I also had a, had a book editor come and and work with them on, you know, how we were going to edit the pictures for the book and the mm-hmm. sections and things like that. So it was, it was really exciting. And yeah. So we had a, a year long book book class while That's we were. Yeah. The book.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately I've never had that much time. <laughs> since
1: then. but it, it was really right.
0: <laughs> right okay so then then getting back to the the class itself the course itself then so you had you had the 15 in each section yeah. so it was a regular
1: graders. it was a regular class they met two i think each grade met two times a week we built a a dark room which was a plywood box in a classroom that mm-hmm. was empty at at that time and then inside of that, you know, we was the dark room and then outside was where they developed their film because we used changing bags.
0: Oh wow. Yeah.
1: And then when once they were finished making their prints, they would put them up on the the uh, blackboard or whatever it was, the board, and then we would critique them. You know, we would all get in, you know, circles on the floor and look at one picture at a time and give responses and back and forth forth conversations and, and trying to get them to understand that when they took a picture, it wasn't just how they felt about what was in the picture, but how they communicated what they felt by how they took the picture. Mm. So that's something we got sort of deeply into. And that was the hardest thing to, to
0: share with them,
1: but they, they were amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean you're you're coming you're coming and building a dark room and <laughs> and all. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and we were also using a stabilization processor and I don't know if most people probably don't know what that is, but that's what they used to use in in
0: newspapers. Oh, uh, yes. Yes.
1: So you put the you know you expose the piece of paper and then you put it through a series of rollers.
0: Yeah. And it was quick, quick RC printing. With very fast-acting chemicals and...
1: Or RC. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe, I don't know, did they last, those prints? I'm not sure. No. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And they stuck together, too. That's right. It's not (laughs) great. Yeah. Uh,
0: Well, that's a good setup for Portraits and Dreams, for those of you who are... So at this point in the show, we start the slideshows, which you don't need to watch in order to hear Wendy talk about the work. But if you want to, you can head on over to the Photo show Live YouTube channel, which is linked in the show notes. So, uh, Portraits and Dreams, uh, let, why don't we talk a little bit about that? This, uh, for those of you who can still see me, this is a reissue of the first edition. And what's very cool about this reissue is there's ex- this expanded edition with, a, with some reunion photos in the back. Uh, but why why don't we start with the the start of the book? and really, uh, this isn't the the obviously the first time you collaborate uh, in this type of way with uh, with your students sh- showing their work and writing their stories. but it was this the first kind of widely known book of that yeah. kind of work? Yeah, 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 this is
1: the first time that it was it was the it was the first book. Oh, okay. book I did. I mean, I did another book before that, but that was with other um, photographers who were working in the region of Appalachia. And, um, and also I figured out then like these, this is a self portrait. So we had different sections that had to do with the different sort of assignments that I gave them. And this was community. Um, it was
0: after church. Right. Well, while, while those pictures are are going through, I'll share another part of the book, which is, um, when the students also write some uh, somewhat of a, uh, a journal, a journal style entry. Uh, so this is from Darlene Watts and I'll read uh, the first couple of paragraphs. My uncle died and I went to see him in the funeral home, but it, it didn't really look like him. He always had his hair parted on one side and they had it all pushed back to cover up where he'd been shot. The acid from the bullets scattered all over his body. Mommy paid for the flowers and his suit and all that. had him dressed in dark blue pants and vest and a light blue shirt. With little stripes on it and a striped blue tie. She picked him out a gold casket. The funeral was at Trent's at Delphia. It was so sad and I didn't pay any attention to anything. It was so sad that I didn't. I just looked at his face. I couldn't go to where they buried him. It was hard enough to see him dead. Mommy told me to hug him so I could remember him, but I couldn't. I was afraid if I kissed him or hugged him, I was going to get him wet with my tears. And that is such a... a, beautiful and and honest and raw snapshot of a young child's experience of perhaps the first time they see someone in a casket who they knew but now no longer seems like them, right? I mean, I think that's a very shared experience for a lot of people. Uh, So talk about a little bit, you know, about the kinds of instruction, encouragement, conversations you had with making these photos and having these, these, these kids write such honest things.
1: Well, the the, the the text is is actually from con, one-to-one conversation with me and 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 them. and but of course, I didn't realize how amazing it would be mm-hmm. um, and open and et, et cetera. But I made lists of questions before before we did that because I, it was the last thing that we did while making the book. Um, so I knew these kids really well. So it just and it and then I just followed them, you know. When I, I would ask them about you know their dreams or I, you know because we had this arranged in dreams, family, community, self portrait, and something else, which you know, animals. <laughs> <laughs> and and so so that was kind of a you know an easy way to to talk about things because those are very yeah personal to to them, and that's what they had been taking p- pictures of. And also the, that's where the sort of psychology comes from, too, because, you know, I thought I thought a lot about, you know, what they were feeling, not not just, you know, wanting to have long conversations and especially about their fantasies and the way that they thought about things, um, which. Um, and and also I had the pictures that they were like, this is Denise's picture of her twin brothers. And there she is, you know, dancing mm-hmm. and self portraits. So, so I could also make questions from from the photographs. And and they're just a stor- starting point for things.
0: And, and you said because you know them so well, this is the the text part of it, you would typically wait to until you're sort of into Yeah, the, yeah, the lessons and the lectures and everything else and, and really getting to know them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we really didn't do lectures so much is that is that I had a whole lot of stuff around to look at. Mm. So I would kind of follow them, you know, if they got into, you know, like a World War II book or something.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, we we'd look at it together. And then that was a really fascinating conversation because in the middle of it, you know, there was a picture of Hitler. And I said, um, you know, do you all know who Hitler was? and they had no idea and, oh, wow. and and one of them i said well guess what do you think and so one of the kids said well a baseball player <laughs> you know which kind of comes from hitter you know mm-hmm. you know all those things were just so interesting yeah. and then also we had a book that we read called opal which which was a um a book that was written by a a girl who's who was orphaned and was living in a very difficult situation? and uh, so she wrote wrote this book on the back of um, paper bags, because that's all she had. And um it was about her fantasy world. And she named all the, it was a farm. so she named all the animals, with different names and lives for them. so so they loved that book. you know, so so they right. understood that you could, you know, do something that would interest. Them and other people.
0: You you talked earlier about going to Labrador, and and now you're in Appalachia, and later on you'll be in in Mexico, and then and also in Chicago. Are you specifically picking places, or are you being invited? Um, in the beginning, it was it was um, it was me sort of putting
1: together things. Like I knew about this group in in Appalachia, and that I worked with, and I apple shop, and I I also. You know, I heard about a a girlfriend of mine was going to Labrador in this program. And so I thought, oh, that sounds fun. And, you know, I didn't really know that much about what I was doing, but it was what I was interested in. And then eventually, you know, people started asking me. And then now I've just been back to where I worked in Mexico 30 years ago. Hmm and i was you know invited to do that and then and then i worked in Columbia, south america for right for a couple of years and so they've just invited me to go back so so then that's another sort of way of uh, unfolding the story i guess
0: yeah and then the the book now ends with reunion photos what was that like
1: well yeah um oh it was just great <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was amazing. You know, there's so many, we had a reunion it's 30 years, I think. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or yeah. Cause we, mm-hmm. the, they were, the kids were in their four late forties and fifties and early fifties. And um, we had a, a reunion to begin with and then, and then ended up, you know, I ended up spending a lot of times, a lot of time right. with the kids individually and um but yeah they had a lot of memories and um, they loved seeing each other they loved seeing the photos it was a very very joyous time which i i hadn't i was just nervous about it <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but it was um yeah it was one of sort of the highlights i guess of my life you might say this is and, and of- i
0: imagine there there were a lot of stories being exchanged and, and catching up and experiences and did they talk about these this work and the early experiences of this work. Yeah. What were the memories like? What were their
1: Well, some of them had to... really specific memories. Others didn't have, you know, very many at all. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> um, and this yeah. is Gary and, and and his parents and and they were the they were the most disadvantaged of all the kids that I worked with. And now you know, he's a he got a degree and, and oh, uh, wow. I can't remember the, the university, but um but he's a very respected member of the university community.
0: Did anyone have a kind of response to sort of remembering this and an impact it had on them, the experience? Or
1: oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like one of the girls talked about how you know that they had no uh, sense of you know critical learning mm. and how you know that, that the first time that they learned so many things was when I came, not just about photography, but, and then Gary, um, who was at the university said that he understood that there was a a world outside Appalachia and how important that was to him. They, they were, so, so they were like, they were hungry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're also about the photographs. They, they, they just are amazed that people, respond to their photographs and ex- amazed and excited, very excited about it.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um,
1: and, and they were when they were young, because we, you know, we went to ICP, they had a show at ICP. Mm. So they understood that, that, that people liked them at that point. And, but at the same time, they were learning things like they'd never had iced tea. And they were very happy about ice. <laughs> well, oh, no, sorry, they were very happy about hot tea. They are only hot tea. Only-
0: oh, they, that's right. They would have sweet sorry. tea, of course, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> So, so there was so much learning going on around it all. Um, mm-hmm. And um, you know, being kids, you don't filter into one, you know, one stream of what you're right. learning. Just take everything in.
0: So, so let's let's switch now. To the the devil is leaving his cave, and there are a lot of similarities, of course, to the the process of how you work and how you teach and uh, how you collaborate. Uh, this one was published in just now, sort of. Just, it's just just now. Of. That's right, just now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, it's kind of a two part series, in a sense, right? It's um yeah, it's two
1: projects. You know, one thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and one, you know, two years ago in Chicago. So, so it's it's um, trying to look at at immigration over place and over time. So, there are people in Chicago. All the all the kids in Chicago that I worked with, all are are from Mexico, mostly Guerrero and. Um, but Chicago. I can't remember. No, no. In Chiapas is where I worked 30 years ago. That's right. Um,
0: Those were the classes for the Maya, Ladino and and, and Chochi yeah. children in Chiapas. Yeah.
1: yeah. And they speak SoTZIL and so-tzeal. So-tzeal.
0: Sorry, Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, this is this is the Mayan kids. And mm-hmm. these are photographs they took with um, Polaroid positive, negative film and, um, and a very large camera. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the, it was too big for some of the kids almost to reach the shutter because you know you put your thumb
0: underneath the camera. That and was the big 2024 Polaroid? No, 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 no. I thought you but, had uh, the giant Polaroid.
1: <laughs> no, no, I I was gonna do that, but then then they stopped doing it just at the end. They <laughs> well, you know had said I could, but uh, right. happened right. I but anyway. And um so this is a dream picture, for example. And these kids, you know, were very Taken by the idea of photographing their dreams and making, I don't know where these masks came from that he's using there. And he went down to the river and started a fire and then mm. had the smoke all coming. Wow. Coming. So, you know, <laughs> they, they were very detailed and serious about the yes. work that, that they were doing. Um, and these are kids like nine to 13 or something. Mm-hmm. So, this is one of the pictures also taken in Chiapas, and this is the title that 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 he put on that photograph: "The Devil is Leaving His Cave," right? Which is kind of a metaphor for so many things in that in that community. Well, the, yeah, go Yes, ahead.
0: the devil is leaving his cave. I, I do want to talk about the that title itself. There's, uh, from what I could tell, from sort of digging around and looking at the book and reading the book, it's it's based a bit on the 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 mesoamerican creation stories idea that when you come out of your cave you sort of Mm -hmm. you're coming out of a sleep you're coming out of a slumber you're um Mm -hmm. you're waking up but you're using it and also in a contemporary context of sort of discovering who you are i get the sense instead of seeing Mm -hmm. seeing yourself through other people's eyes you see yourself as as you you know you are so to speak right it's a way of uh, dealing with stereotypes and racism and sexism as a way of sort of seeing yourself as this, this wholly formed person. Is that, is that right? Yeah,
1: I, 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 that is true. And, but also you're starting out and maybe this is what you're saying actually is you you're starting out with the, with the devil is, um, you know, a, a fright, a frightening creature. Mm-hmm. And when the devil comes out of the cave, then it is a self-discovery like you're saying um, but it also is fearful at the same time
0: mm. yeah, there's
1: also very so many things I mean as as you probably read one of them, but but there are so many things that that are um, spiritual that are very different from what we you know we understand or what we're familiar with, I guess. and um, and also these kids are in two different groups one one are the Mayan, Mayan kids who are Mayan speakers and their traditions are, are Mayan, like like this, like this boys. Um, and then the others are are Ladino, which is which is a combination of of um, a Spanish and and it, well, not really and indigenous, but Spanish at, at one point, their 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 heritage is Spanish. Mm hmm. Are you hearing my dog?
0: I, I heard a little dog. <laughs> it's okay. Because <laughs> I can move, too. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Um, again, I want to read a little bit from the, the book just to give everyone a, a full sense that there's also text and stories and all. And so this is, uh, oh, it, it's El Pena. Uh, my mother is from, uh, and and I'm going to apologize in advance for my pronunciations, uh, Michoacan San mm-hmm. Pedro. That's the other place, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, Hacuaro, and my dad is from Morelia. I do want to go to, to one day, Mexico is so cool. I think my parents got married a year after they decided to come here. They got on a bus and they walked through the desert. My mom was pregnant with my brother at the time. They took the bus from Morelia. I assume it was pretty hard because they had to walk for days through the desert. They were taken to a hotel in Arizona, where there was only one room with a whole bunch of beds. My uncle, who was living in Chicago, came to pick them up. Now my dad works in construction. My mom stays at home. She makes really good food. I have a younger sister. I like to draw. I'll draw things from reference, or I'll make original characters. Now I'm trying to make up a story, adding pictures and words. I just want to see how they connect to each other. It will be about how I see the world. I think. And again, like they just—they just tell their story. They just tell these, these such such, such uh, you know moments in their lives uh, unabashedly, right. It, 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 their ability to, to concisely share these things. Is, it's so wonderful. Um, oh, go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say that, you know, that also was, was tape recorded. And so these are taken over, you know, I mean, so, so we, we hung out for like, like 45 minutes or something like that and, and had a conversation. And sometimes I would go back and do it again if, you know, if they wanted to, or I mm-hmm. wanted
0: to, whatever. So, can you talk about the pairing uh of this newer work and older work as well?
1: yeah, so I you know really didn't i mean I sort of came from this feeling i I always wanted to do a book of of the the work from Chiapas because I think it is so extraordinary um and i i' don't, I'd shown a you know it separately but never you know in in this kind of extensive way, but I didn't want it to be you know, about just going back, because I thought, I think it's very important. Well, first of all, I think immigration is an an incredibly important issue, and I've done a lot of work on it in the, the, you know, last maybe 15 years or something like that. And these are, you know, our kids and families that stayed in Chiapas. But now I'm learning that that didn't necessarily happen in, in both the communities I worked in. But you know, these are other families that came from Michoacan and Guerrero, and why? You know, why do some come and others not come? And what does it mean to be very rooted in a culture and a, you know, in a, in a language and a past, like the Chiapas kids are, as as opposed to you know the 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 kids coming from coming from places, and they're probably Ladino kids. There, I mean, mm. they're not Hawaiian kids either, but to to the U.S. and you know how do they feel about who they are as opposed to you know the kids in Chiapas and then how do they use that to to make pictures and which they did they made pictures in 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 Chicago these are portraits that I made of them that with a large format camera and and then I gave them the um, and I got transparency uh, and, and they put it over prints that I made.
0: And they then, get to design and draw and and yeah, do what yeah. they want to their portraits, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and as soon as I mean, I just said, okay, just write your name on it, <laughs> you know, because I didn't I didn't want to direct them. But and then as soon as they started doing that, then they started doing all drawing all these things on yeah. them, and I was just like, oh, this is so cool, <laughs> and uh, it was totally different than what I thought was going to happen. But
0: well, I imagine. That must, that must be a, a big part of the work you end up seeing is it's not exactly what you thought it was going to be. Absolutely. Right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is to, to, you know, to be changed by it, for me to be changed by it, mm-hmm. as well as, as, you know, for them to do it. And I don't know if I've said this, before, but sometimes it's it's very frustrating because I don't understand what's going on. And I'm thinking, oh, this isn't <laughs> this isn't what it should be. And uh, I've made some mistakes here. I've asked the wrong questions. You know, it's the wrong relationship or something. And then, you know, something starts happening that that right. is very surprising and exciting. Yeah. And I mean, with these kids in Japan and they were starting doing amazing photographs to begin with.
0: Right. And you, you, you actually kind of walked into uh, my, my last question <laughs> and maybe more will come up. But what have you learned from all of this from so much from collaboration, from working with underrepresented populations, which clearly you you s- seek right when you're when you want to collaborate, you're looking to give voice to people who are underrepresented. What 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 has surprised you? What have you learned from all of this?
1: Well, I mean, I think it sort of changed. I mean, I mean, I guess I would say that what I'm seeking to do is to find, understand things and rather than to give somebody a voice, because I think we all have voices. And so, I mean, even in starting in, you know, Labrador, I didn't know anything about Native Americans. And I, and I, and so I wanted to know, and that's kind of how it how it starts. And then if I don't understand it, I get really scared because I think, oh, well, I'm never going to be able to communicate <laughs> this if I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And, and then gradually, um, you know, it might be one image or um, a series of image or something. I see something there that that I think is very connected to the place that I'm, that I have been living in and then you know begin to to look at more and more and more pictures, and and it sort of comes into a um, a context um, that that does make sense to me. And I'm hoping that I can then you know work with them to make a way of sharing it, whether it's an exhibition or a book or whatever, that communicates to people who are looking at it instead of just saying, "Oh, these poor people," which is the last thing that. I, I want to do, or obviously they want to do. So that's um, ma- making a context for that is right. extremely
0: important. So I lied. I have one more question. The th- and it was, it was one I I think we started to touch on, and I wanted to come back to. There is this thread of dreams in your work. When did you realize that that was a, a vehicle for this incredible expression that comes out in the work your these students do?
1: yeah it was when I was in Kentucky, and um, you know i I lived in this in that community in a holler in in Letcher County, and for five years. And so I had a lot of close neighbors, and we did a lot of things to together. We farmed together and um, made things together. so I you know, saw the kids a, a lot, and I realized that, well, First of all their lives were very different because they were really tied tied to the animal world. I mean they they you know raised the animals, they slaughtered them, they cooked them, you know, et, you know every, and then the vegetables they ate, they you know raised them and and so um that was a big part of their lives and that's why we have the animal section in that in that book. And I watched these kids play with each other and I remember one instance where they were where two boys were playing, it one of them was a hunter and one was an animal, and and you know they were doing the whole play acting of of the hunter shooting the animal, and it was a very intimate you know moment of like their bodies to each other, but also about this whole predator and and uh, prey, and and so I at that moment I really do did think about. Um, how can I do that? How can I, you know, construct a way that we can, we can do that? And, um, and then I came to the idea of dreams because I, I knew that I had to have something that would be easily understood. You know, I, can't, I couldn't just say imagination or what do you imagine? Or what, but I said, you know, what is a dream? What's one of your dreams? Hmm. How, how can you make it? And then I eventually linked it up with, with the concept of vantage point. So that they begin to learn how to use the camera to, to change the reality. And that if you, you know, wanted to have an attacker, you know, in um, <laughs> attacking the victim, that you need the, the attacker needed to be really big. So you'd have to have the camera, you know, close to to the attacker, and the victim is small in the background or whatever, you know, and it teach them, you know, what it means to look at things from different perspectives. And which, of course, you know, now I've, I've done a lot of big educational projects in different countries, but that that is a pretty meaningful yeah. idea to learn how you can change how you see things, but also you can understand how other people see things. Right. So that, that's all fun, you know, sort of all weaves weaves together. but But yeah, it's very important that you don't have to accept reality as it is when you're making a photograph. As photographers, we know that. But yes.
0: You know. <laughs> well, I want to thank you, and and we'll we'll um we'll open up for questions. But uh, I want to just wrap up this sort of podcast part of the the show and, and let everyone know these books are available at MacBooks, <laughs> yes. and uh, w- or wherever uh, you uh, buy your books. Well, thank you, thank you so much. This has been terrific.
1: No, oh, thank you.
0: All right. Photo Show Live is a production of Real Photoshow. Executive producer is me, Michael Chauvin-Dalton. Please rate and review with all the stars on your favorite podcast platform. And now that you can watch artist presentations as part of the show, please subscribe to the Photoshow Live YouTube channel. Just follow the link in the show notes.